Welcome to the Guide Me Glow podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Tang, and I'm a holistic health coach that is here to help you become your glowier self mentally, physically, and spiritually. I'm a lifestyle and wellness content creator and founder of the wellness platform, Guide Me Glow. In this podcast, I share my journey and knowledge on all things self-development, manifesting, confidence, healing your relationship with food and body, and so much more. Follow for weekly episodes to listen to on your Glow Girl Walk. Hi guys, welcome back to the Garden of Glow podcast and today we have a special guest on here. My sister Carmen has been visiting me for the past two weeks and we thought it would be a good idea to do a podcast together because it's quite common, you know, when you see family and stuff like that, it can come up with certain triggers and just learning about, I guess, each other when you haven't lived with each other for a while as well, like after moving out and stuff is like quite an interesting topic so yeah I thought I'd have her on and I also got some of you to ask some questions so we'll answer those at the end but to start off the episode firstly Carmen do you want to introduce yourself do a little introduction yeah so I'm Carmen Shannon's older sister um I live in Singapore also grew up in the UK um and I am currently the CMO of Alcrupe which is a crypto fintech startup and I also am the founder of another startup story where I used to have my own podcast actually interviewing other creative entrepreneurs um, and KOLs and allowing them to share their startup story. And we always start our episodes with an affirmation of the week so do you want to share your affirmation of the week with our viewers? I am worthy of abundance. And why is that your affirmation of the week? I think so many people forget how worthy they are of certain things even like buying certain products for themselves or you know whether it's just giving themselves alone time and not um kind of filling up time giving it to other people or to distract themselves and I think being truly worthy of yourself is really about yeah respecting yourself and knowing what you need and listening to that inner voice yeah I agree (laughs) I think everyone needs to remember their own worth because I think when you just go through day life sometimes it's easy to forget all your worth because you know everyone has certain triggers in certain different areas of life and it's important to remember that you are worthy in receiving whatever you want and also getting whatever you want so it's important to remember that to allow it to bring more of that into your life but to kind of start off with this episode I'm gonna kind of separate it into the mind, body, spirit, which is the three key pillars of Guide Me Glow. And we're gonna start off a bit about, I guess a bit about like our journey of growing up, like what we were like as children, um, how how we've got to where we are now. Um, so in terms of the mindset, the mindset we grew up in and I guess how we've developed to who we are now. Do you wanna go in a bit about, you know, how how you felt like how you've developed from living at home and then like moving out of home and kind of growing into into your own now. Yeah, I think I've been living, God, it's been so long. I have been living, uh, I left home when I was 20, I think, yeah, 20. So it's been exactly 10 years now um, that I've been, that I've not been living at home. And I think, I still remember when our parents, like during uni, I couldn't cook very well. And just cut my mum's like my mum and dad. My dad is used to be a chef, and so obviously there was always a lot of food in the house. And they were very much the ones who took care of us in terms of food. Like that was their love language in terms of, you know, acts of service like cooking for 
for us. So I never really learned to cook until our parents left us to go to the Hong Kong for like three, I think they went for one or two months, two. No, yeah. I think they went for like a month or so. Yeah, it might have just been a month, but my mum basically pre-cooked these <laughs> lasagnas. She <laughs> made like 10 pre-batch yeah. and then froze them and was like, in case you guys starve, like you can eat these lasagnas. And I was just so fed up of lasagna by day three. So me, I would take Shannon to the groceries and I became a huge like militant about it and I would like write down a huge grocery list. I got really into cooking and started researching recipes um, and that was kind of like the spark of I guess independence and I think I would have been around I think I was like 19 at the time so not that young but um, that's when I learned, really learned to kind of take matters into my own hand and just be more independent because I think feeding yourself is such a huge you know, component of independency. And when you move out, you have to learn to cook, etc. And I don't mean just like microwave pasta, you know, or, you know, oven heated pizza. Um, I moved out straight after uni. I actually moved in with a boyfriend uh, back then um, and moved, we're from like a small town down south. And we, I moved to London, which was super scary, but it was a huge transition for me because that relationship didn't really work out. And I feel like it taught me a lot about myself and yeah, I think after living in London for seven, eight years, I then moved to Singapore and I've been here for about four years now. So it's just kind of like another um, level of independency where you are so far from family and, you know, old friends that you've known for many years. Um, and yeah, when I first moved to Singapore, I didn't know anyone, didn't know a soul. Um, obviously moved for work and met people at work, but it's never really the same. Um, but very quickly you just learn to adapt like I think humans are very adaptable and it's just about having the courage and taking that first step to place yourself in a different environment and then you will slowly learn to adapt but you know making the right decision to make that step is sometimes difficult Um, so yeah I guess in answer to your question how I've developed yeah I've definitely grown spiritually emotionally mentally physically um, yeah in so many different ways but happy to dive into that bit later yeah I think like in terms of how my mindset I think has shifted from living at home to then moving at home I moved out of home pretty early around I think I was like 18 because I didn't I didn't live at home at uni whereas Carmen stayed at home for uni so I was yeah I kind of had to have that independence quite early on but I feel like growing up I feel like we always all had that independence within us like maybe that's just how we were raised but in terms of like even cooking and stuff like that I remember always being into like cooking and baking and stuff but yeah not properly because I remember like in uni and like reset youtubing like how to cut an onion <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of stuff so like obviously you learn so much when you move out of home because you have to do everything yourself like you're washing your all these little things that you don't have to do when you live at home because you're mm. like you know lucky enough that our mum did it all so that was like I guess a huge learning curve but in terms of like mindset I really think that it was mostly like books I think and like watching Mm. other people on YouTube that's how I discovered more about like self-development I remember researching I don't know how I picked up the book but The Secret was probably one of the first books that I read this was in second year of uni and that I think from there that was like a really pivotal change in my mindset in my life because I think before then I knew that I always had like something that I wanted to achieve in life in terms of like my mindset was kind of different to certain friends I'd hang out with But I think at that age, you do kind of just, like, go along with your friends and just kind of, like, you know, you're having fun and you're young and you, like, go out and party and you, like, experience that whole thing, which I am very grateful for because, you know, everyone needs to go through that in life. 
but then also yeah second year of uni I think after first year of uni I just like didn't really want to party anymore not like I was a massive partier like and I didn't really drink too much to be honest too and like our family our, our family doesn't drink really at all yeah we yeah really very drink. rarely yeah very rarely so like I never grew up in that environment either so yeah from that I wasn't like a massive partier but then kind of moving into uni obviously that's like the whole thing and then uh, I was kind of just tired of that like I just wanted to take care of my body I felt like I didn't feel that good so I just wanted to take control of my health um and then at the time also I feel like at the time in uni I felt like it was actually quite hard to find friends that were similar to like where I wanted to go and how I wanted to improve my life at the time I had a boyfriend second year of uni and I feel like that's when things started like it was we were growing apart we weren't growing together I think I was just on my own journey of like self-development and all this stuff and like he was on his own path you know he was still into it but like it was just different Mm. you had to like grow into our own way and I remember yeah not having actually that I didn't like go out loads so I didn't have like loads of like really close friends at uni I had like a few which is like obviously what you need and I was really close to my home friends at the time too and we'd see each other quite frequently but I think since like reading The Secret and then like diving into more of like the mindset thing and like health I went vegan that was like over that summer oh, yeah, I remember your vegan face yeah <laughs> yeah that was like really quick though it was literally like over the summer I was like I'll just test I didn't put too much pressure on myself I just like I just test it out see if I can do it and then I like continued it for like three four years and then yeah it just kind of started from there but I think in general it's like when you live out of home you just kind of forget about, oh no you don't forget because I feel like it took a lot of work to like reprogram my mind into like old ways of thinking and like even mindset around like you know money mindset and like abundance and things like that you do have to train yourself and that's mm. through listening to like podcasts and like books and like doing your own research mm. and almost like blocking out for a bit all the other things that people tell you that don't align with how you want to think because otherwise how are you gonna reprogram your mind think a new mindset when you're always surrounding yourself with people that think differently it's yeah. like it's really hard to do that you know yeah of course and I think yeah I, I've been through so many different phases I went went through a really big party phase where I was just going out you know doing all the things and <laughs> I I was internally internalizing our parents getting a divorce and I'd just gotten out of a really, you know, quite abusive relationship and there was just a lot, I wasn't happy in my job and, you know, sometimes we internalise those things and it was only until I, I actually got cheated on, funny enough, um, but not even like physically cheated on, like emotionally cheated on, I caught this guy cheating on me and that, I'd never been cheated on and, you know, as a Pisces, I'm like super, take things to heart, very emotional and um, yeah, that was like weirdly a bit of a huge wake up call for me. Um, I remember, I remember just coming home one night, I was just so upset, just kind of, you know, moping around and I was living with my best friend Belinda at the time and she just got back from church and she'd met this guy randomly who had given her this kind of like small book and I thought it was like a book of poems but I didn't know because I wasn't a Christian then, it's basically a book of, um, scripture and there was one um yeah it just looked interesting so I decided to take it with me I was flying to Glasgow the next morning from London um so I had to get up at like 4am in the morning and this is why I was depressed I was waking up at 4am in the mornings uh in the winter in the UK um <laughs> so this to... is why we don't live in the UK anymore like yeah both of us just had to get away from that <laughs> so I remember you used to wake up you know every week because I had a client in Glasgow so I would wake up at like 4am 
in the mornings and I would have to fly from London to Glasgow to get to the client site at 9am and it was like freezing colder in Glasgow and I remember being on the flight and I decided to take the book out of my bag, the book that Belinda gave me and I was just flicking through and I remember seeing this um, one scripture talking about the title was Integrity and it was kind of like written in a poem uh, kind of style and it was saying how it was describing what a guy without integrity looks like and it was like he has one foot in one foot out he like doesn't give people eye contact he's like not sure of himself he mm. can't make decisions and I was like oh my god this is literally you know the guy that I dated and I was like this makes so much sense now you know um, and honestly I, I remember that moment I was very high up in the sky I think it would have been like maybe 6am um, and the sun was shining through the window of the plane and I remember God had spoke to me and was like you know your life you've got so much life ahead of you and you are just wasting it <laughs> and he said you are you know going out what are you doing over weekends like going out every weekend like mm. living the same Monday life again and again and I heard it so clearly from him, like it was mm. so clear. I, I I still remember that day. I remember getting off that plane, calling my friend and being like, I had this, you know, experience on the plane. And I was like crying my eyes out. And the guy next to me was just like trying to have his like casual breakfast and read his newspaper. And um, yeah, from then on, I just started digging. Obviously that started my journey of spirituality and faith. Um, and... I actually went, I took three months off and went traveling uh, backpacking in South America after that. Um, but it's so weird how things just happen so organically. And, mm. you know, I got kind of made um, redundant. Um, well, I got asked to take a sabbatical. I was, I had the choice of either staying in a different role um, or I could take some time out, which was, you know, you know, great, a paid sabbatical. I was like, I'll definitely take the yeah. paid sabbatical. <laughs> Why and I was always like dreaming to go to South America, like with a friend, but that, you know, when you just have these dreams, but they, the opportunity never arises. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is like a reason why it doesn't, because you're not ready. But mm -hmm. as soon as I kind of, you know, unlocked the door to this whole spirituality path and, you know, everything just kind of came flooding through and yeah, I've never looked back ever since. Mm. And would you say with the whole thing of like you going out and partying every weekend and stuff like that, how did you feel like you made that transition from, because it's kind of, I found like it was hard for the longest time, like, you know, I stuck with a certain group of friends for like so long, even though I knew I was like, yeah, kind of like the odd one out. I didn't want to do the things that they wanted to do, but because they're like your closest friends at the time. Mm you have no friends <laughs> you know what I mean like if you start hanging around them who are your friends yeah so like it was hard in that sense but I think when I moved to London that was good for me because mm. I like met new friends in the industry I, I met more aligned friends which yeah, made it yeah. easier but I guess if you're kind of like still in the same place it's yeah, harder yeah. to break it off yeah that's a really good question um I mean I had I had many different groups of friends so I had my friends from uni that I was still very close with who weren't really the party friends. Like, mm. yes, we partied at uni, but after that. And then I made a new group of friends in London who were the party friends. And actually, organically, I just drifted away from them. And, and it was just, yeah, I just felt like I didn't have anything in common with them anymore. It was very organic. Um, and actually, funnily enough, I remember some drama happening and they act, the group actually fell apart anyway. And it yeah. wasn't because of me or anything. It just, everyone started going their own ways. So it was very, yeah, I was... It was very organic, but I, I definitely still was, well, I still am close to my uni friends, and um, 
yeah, I started to seek uh, new people that I was aligned with. And, yeah. you know, especially when I moved to Singapore, it was like a, a fresh blank slate. Um, and so when I moved to Singapore, I wasn't interested in partying at all. Um, I was initially meant to be there for only six months. So my main goal and priority was to, I was just working on the, in the evenings and in the weekends and working on my startup. I also was going to entrepreneurial events um, and just, I was just really interested in meeting people who were interested in personal development or spirituality. Mm. And I was just so like, yeah, partying just wasn't a thing for me. So I guess now my friends in Singapore are very much like very much aligned to who I am now. So I guess moving definitely helped, but I still, you know, have close friends in London that I am still aligned with. And it's funny because a couple of friends in uni, especially, even though we don't see each other every day and we don't speak as close, they've actually come become on their own spiritual journey. Yeah. And actually when we meet up, we are so similar still. And it's just it's funny how that happens. It's not even like we've influenced each other, but they're also yeah. researching and doing all the work themselves. And mm. so, yeah, I guess it's just it boils down to character, really. Yeah. But um, I guess yeah, it is tough letting go of people that you feel like represent the old you. Um, and it's just shedding off those kind of layers of, yeah, the old you, I'd say. Yeah. And I guess you could kind of say that about us. I feel like we haven't been like living with each other or like close with each other for like a long time. Mm. I guess we had that year when we lived in London and we mm. lived like down the road from each other, just by coincidence. Um, yeah. Obviously since then it's been what, literally like five years or so. We haven't really been living in the same place that when we do come together, we well, do... Well, four years, yeah. Since I've been yeah. living in Singapore for four years now. But it's so. like even, yeah, but even before that, like I was living in London and then... I think you were in Stockwell still. No, I lived in Fulham. But did, yeah, but you still lived in Stockwell when I was still living in Stockwell too. Like when well, I left, you were still there. Singapore straight after Stockwell. Yeah, I left the Stockwell flat to move to Singapore. And then I lived. Oh, and then I. I think you there moved. Yeah, no, I think no, you then moved I went back to, to uni because I had to move back to uni, and then oh, I moved. Oh yeah, yeah, and then so maybe when you came back. Yeah, so yeah. it's been like five years. We're very close, but in the fact of we don't need to speak all the time and, mm. you know, but I guess we always know that we have that support for each other if something ever did happen. Mm. But it's funny how, like, even though we don't speak all the time, we don't really, we don't really influence each other in terms of our interests. We still have that common, common interest. Ground. It's just, yeah. I'd say, yeah, our common ground has definitely been health and wellness. I think mm. we've both. And values, really. Yeah, I think firstly, like health and wellness, we've definitely deepened our knowledge of wellness from a holistic perspective, you know, not just fitness, not just working out or like the foods we eat, but just the way we are like in mindset, but also what kind of products you're using to put on your body and, you know, and just not following the mainstream. I think applying, using a critical lens in that sense, like using critical thinking to understand like, what is this product trying to sell me? Like, is it actually good for my skin? And questioning things, I guess, um, mm. in a way. That's definitely a, a key common thread I think we've both delved deep into. But do you think there are others? Well, I think with my journey, I've become more, definitely more spiritual. Oh yeah, when we were living in London, you took me to church yeah. to hear a song. That definitely deepened, I guess, my faith, my understanding of Christianity. But I never felt, maybe I will do in the future, but I love like the concept of it. I still say I believe in God in some aspect but I more so am would say I'm more like spiritual in the way of like the universe and God like I'm not obviously a Christian 
so I guess that you we just connect in different ways yeah in that sense I like knowing that there's like a bigger power and yeah yeah I think having faith is like one of the most important things is yeah the one thing that keeps me accountable for for my life and yeah it's totally changed my life and it just makes me a better person yeah I think think having those values like because it's all similar values but it's just how you feel connected to what yeah but for me I feel like my spirituality is deepened more within since moving here when I was going to church and stuff I still felt connected to it but I felt like something wasn't quite there I felt a connection but it wasn't like strong enough since I've found out more about spirituality and how that is like where I feel more led towards Mm. which is interesting because when we grew up we weren't like religious or anything like our parents aren't religious um apart from now mum she's Christian but that was obviously like a later age and Mm. that was like probably influenced from you as well um yeah, I remember bringing her to church once and I think she was in a moment of needing that kind of faith in a way and yeah, it was really transformative for her. So I'm glad she was on that journey and now she kind of sends me scripture. Which... In terms of struggles, what do you think are the main struggles that you felt like you had to overcome in childhood going up to now? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I think I've definitely as anyone does, I think struggle or like suffering in a way is human nature. I think we wouldn't be human if we didn't suffer to some extent, like the suffering is inevitable. You know, we're gonna lose people in our lives, you know, it's just inevitable. But I'd say one of the biggest uh, lessons I learned was to, yeah, I think always growing up, I'm quite type A personality, I've always been putting so much pressure on myself to look at the next thing and feel like I need to achieve this or that. And maybe our parents were very, you know, I wouldn't even say my mum, but more my dad. He was always kind of like comparing us or he would see someone like Britain's next Scott Talent. And be like, look how amazing she is. Or look how good he is. Why can't you be like that? He'll just make like a, he'll make like a sly comment, you know. And I don't think he'd even realise that it was just quite hurtful. Um, But obviously, subconsciously, that's like making you compare yourself to other people and be like, Mm. so what's my circle of, you know, strength or Mm. what what am I amazing at? And so I think that made me, like, growing up, I think naturally I've always been quite competitive. Um, I, I remember being in school and my natural gift is being able to draw. I'm like, I think I'm like naturally really good at art like actually drawing and and painting it just came like a natural skill so at school the school teacher would always like use my drawings as like an example and be like look at Carmen's and to the point where as a kid I just felt so embarrassed because I felt like all the kids hated me because they were thinking oh they're using Carmen's (laughs) example again and I remember this girl next to me and she was she was really good as well but she would always sit next to me and just be like kind of like looking Mm. at my work whilst doing her own and it's funny because yeah it's just when you're kids you even feel that as kids right you feel the pressure um and yeah it's just funny I think I I think academically I, I really always wanted to do something creative and I remember going to a very academic college and I took product design um as one of the subjects but I thought it was like product design as in there'll be design um creative side involved and it is creative but it was very much woodwork (laughs) and like I hated it I was like in a class full of guys doing woodwork I said this is not for me so I quit that and my other remaining subjects were um psychology maths and economics and so I decided to go down that the economics route Mm. um and that's how I ended up being an accountant and had like 
caught a lot of crisis and hated being an accountant. But mm. ever since I, even when I was at uni, I worked very hard during my uni days. I got a first. I remember coming home and saying to my parents, you know, I came back, I was with my boyfriend at the time. I was like, guess what? I got a first at uni. And they were like watching TV. And then um, they just turned around and they were like, oh, uh, well done. And then carried on watching TV. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I was so upset. I remember crying in my room that, that evening and my mum came up to apologise and she just wasn't, you know, because they never went to uni so they mm. just didn't know that it was such an important thing and mm. how hard we'd worked to get those grades and maybe it's an Asian thing or maybe it was just a lack of awareness but they just didn't know how to express that kind of well done. All I needed to hear was just like, well done. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realise that until I was dating, like fast forward, um, maybe five years from now you know when I was 26 I was dating a guy and for some reason he would always say like well done even like I would like take the laundry out one time and he was like oh well done and it was just like a very comp like it just came very naturally to him and I I was like oh that's so nice to hear like I just really needed to hear that and I'm my love language is words of affirmation um and so for him he when he would say well done or thank you and he, he was British so he was very polite anyway he like really spoke to me they spoke to me in terms of my love language and I didn't realize that but now looking back I was like oh okay that's why not that wasn't why we got along (laughs) only the the only reason but obviously I didn't realize I needed that because I never got that growing up yeah and um yeah another thing is I guess yeah with my mum like when we would argue a lot growing up she I have like quite a bad temper and Shannon knows this like I get very when yes, we have like <laughs> an argument I like see red and I like verbal vomit yeah. and even with my boyfriend now he he's like you just say such mean things and I, I think yeah. I don't know what it's just in my nature I guess and I can't control it in the moment you know what just you know like, that <laughs> okay here we go Shannon is gonna enter the conversation no because I obviously used to be the same and like sometimes I feel like when it's with family it does trigger me to sometimes go back to that where like Your old you just ways. get so like fired up and like so annoyed <laughs> that, like the way you speak to your family you would never say that to your Anyone friends else. yeah but because it's your family it just for example mummy she like knows how to do the exact things like boil my blood oh my god she would say the exact things and I would just get so frustrated and you would just say things but I think actually since I've learned I've actually learned the most through friends and like relationships that has taught me the most on how I want to act and like how to react to things. I think we all have a temper like in the family we all get quite fired up and we've always like not held back and we've always just said said what is on our mind which I think is great in ways and it's you know yeah it's great with communication but it's like how we can be damaging yeah yeah even as a kid I had a really bad temper and I was getting to argue I I was very stubborn as a kid and when my mum told me to do something I just wouldn't do it yeah and we'd get into these huge arguments and I'd end up crying go to my room and then in the evening like when I'm going to sleep I'd wake up or I'd wake up in the middle of the night and see like a note she's like written a letter and I slid it under the door just apologizing and saying how much she loves me and I think that was just like, you know, maybe she couldn't express it verbally, like face to face, but for some reason for her writing, she could write it out. And for me, I'm the same, like when I have a huge argument, even with my partner, I'm like, oh, I can't physically like go up to him and apologize and say I'm sorry and I love him. It's just like the words don't come out, mm. but when I text it or when I write it, it just comes up more naturally. Yeah. And so that that's why I think, um, I don't know if it's nature or nurture, but maybe it's nurture. But yeah, love language is a huge thing for me. Yeah. But I feel like we're de- derailing from the original question. 
But the original question is like, what are the, some of the biggest lessons you've learned? I think, yeah, the first one is being not being so harsh on myself and understanding that life is a journey and it's not the end goal. Like I always saw life as like I was rushing and always trying to get to the next thing and felt like it was like a competition or a race. Mm. But, you know, and actually even when I um, deepened my spirituality and I read a book by Rick Warren, uh, which was called The Purpose Driven Life. And he was like, many people think life is like a race. Um, but actually the Christian way is that life is a test and you yeah. may not believe that, which is fine. But um, from his perspective, from the Christian's perspective, it's a test and in a way you're meant, it's meant to be a bit of a test. But I kind of saw life as a race and it was almost like getting to the next thing and what next, what next. But then mm. I wasn't really stopping to smell the roses as per mm. se. Um, and so I think that's been definitely a big learning for me over the years and just deepening and understanding myself better. I think um, one of the biggest lessons is that, yeah, heartbreak, you can use that, you know, that emotional shift that you get when you're heartbroken to really channel that energy into higher growth and to better yourself in other ways, whether it's emotional, physical, mental, or like spiritual, Mm. any other way, instead of, you know, drowning yourself in drinking and like drugs and partying and meeting other girls or guys, you know? I think for me, every time I've had a breakup, I've like... Bettered myself. Yeah, it sounds yeah. weird, but no, it's, like, so true. it's like the energy is like yeah. kick up the bum, yeah. right? Get your shit together. And I've always kind of gone in this huge growth kind of you know cycle every post break breakup, and it's not been intentional. It just it just happens. for me like yeah. I said I I I think the energy and the emotion that I get is just used in a different way, and I don't drink anyway, so you know, it doesn't work and I, I've never been one to kind of just sleep around. It just doesn't. I'm a Pisces, so I get too emotional. So yeah, I just end up kind of throwing myself into self-development um, in different areas. So um, yeah, I guess the lesson is like, you're going to be okay. Like yeah, yeah. you're not going to die. Like when yeah. someone breaks up, breaks up with you or, you know, get cheated on. I think I was always fearing being cheated on and really? I just felt like, Why? it wasn't always on my mind, but because growing up, I always used to, I was a bit of a I used to play games a lot with guys and Mm. I felt like I really liked the chase Mm. and I enjoyed the chase, you know, when dating. I dated a lot when I was younger um, and I liked playing games and I thought that was how you kind of won the guy over without showing you cared or showing vulnerability, you know, and Mm. it did work to some extent, Mm. but it meant, it kind of gave me a sense of control and I felt like I was always the one that was wanted, not like me chasing them. But it's like, you're afraid of being like rejected. Yeah, exactly. Well, not afraid of being rejected, but I was afraid of losing power. And so obviously like being cheated on or being rejected or like being dumped would have been my worst nightmare. And so that's why it was like more of a fear because Mm. yeah, I wasn't being my true self in a way Mm. and I couldn't be vulnerable um, and so when you do get, so when I did get broken up with or did get cheated on, that helped me to, yeah, go on this whole growth spurt. And then I became more comfortable in my skin. I was like, look, if this guy doesn't like me, fuck him, you know, <laughs> like, I'm who I am. At least I'm more yeah. authentic. I'm more, you know, it's better they know sooner rather than later because I'm not going to fake who I am yeah. forever yeah. or these first three dates. Yeah. And even like become a Christian, like I'm not, I wasn't the norm. I was, I became a Christian. I didn't drink. And that was, it was difficult, especially yeah. in London. And so, when I yeah, go like on, on dates, dates, it's like, oh, like I don't drink. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, do you want to go for a drink? It's like, yeah, but I don't drink. And like, the guys like, <laughs> immediately, they're just like, 
oh god like oh no i need to like yeah. be on my good good yeah, behavior yeah. i used to be like even though i didn't enjoy drinking that much if i went on dates i would just have a drink on the date oh like it's probably awkward if you like you don't yeah. drink like that kind of thing you don't want to you make know, them calls. feel awkward yeah, yeah but now i'm like so in my own power and being like i don't drink so i'm like i'm not gonna drink just for this guy i don't even know yeah what's the point? Mean? what is the point yeah it's not like after like a few dates i'm gonna be like, oh by the way i don't drink but it's like you've just <laughs> yeah exactly it's going against your own yeah and if the guy's mature he will respect that you exactly, know yeah um but yeah i agree i think it's just like it was just like peeling off the layers i felt like i'm just being more comfortable in your own skin and you know, I think there were multiple milestones where I felt that when, you know, also stepped into spirituality and a lot of people around me weren't into that. And I felt kind of naked in a way to expose that. But I was very expressive um, of my faith throughout my Instagram. And, you know, I would write a lot of scripture. And, you know, to some mm. people, there is an element when you first step out and it feels like you're judged in a way. Yeah. Um, and even with the non-drinking and then when I eventually launched my startup because I went into like a creative space and I always came from the finance industry, I felt maybe it was just me judging myself, but feeling like I wasn't enough because I felt like, you know, I felt these thoughts coming in my head to say, why is this person who's in finance doing something creative? Like she's not qualified to do that. Like what is she doing? Yeah, totally. Total imposter syndrome. Whereas like just learning to not care so much. Um, And now I look back and just think it was so silly that I even was worried or like, yeah you know hesitant to launch something you know yeah I guess that just comes from age and experience because it's like when you first do something that feels uncomfortable you're always gonna feel a bit scared and like yeah because you're, you're judging yourself it's totally normal but I feel like the more you do it the more you let le- you care less about what others think at the end of the day maybe they will judge but it's not really to do with you it's just like their perception of it like Emma's perception is so different mm. To like anything really so it's like why bother even trying to please everyone else because you're not going to be able to everyone has such different opinions like you're never going to be able to please everyone so at the end of the day you might as well just be authentic in yourself because you're always going to be praised or you're always going to be criticized in one way or another so you might as well be praised and criticized whilst being yourself otherwise if someone does criticize you you'd be like oh well i wasn't even being myself mm. it makes you even worse do you know what yeah I mean? yeah yeah that's true yeah But it's funny how you said about mum and dad, our parents, not giving you that praise. Because I kind of felt the same. I think it comes down to now I feel like my struggles are really knowing that I am enough and worthy of whatever I want. And it's like, like they didn't show us, even though I know that they did care. They They showed it in different ways. They showed it in different ways. It wasn't the ways of like, yeah, affirmations or like general ways like that. But now it's almost what I said before when we were having a conversation about because we didn't get that from our parents. I almost sometimes seek that from friends. Like I view mm. my friends as really important to me and almost like family because it's, I've learned that kind of how to nurture and stuff through friends. So like that's how it's, it's almost like family and that's mm. how like it's taught to me. So when a friend does something that, I don't know, doesn't align with my values and I get really hurt, like it hits me a lot deeper because I'm like, you thought they were family. Yeah, almost. And But to them, they might just, you know, because they had that support from their family, they didn't really see it as a big deal. They don't necessarily see you as family, but more mm. like a friend. Mm. Which is okay, but there's levels, Which is right? fine. Yeah, yeah, obviously, I don't view every friend as family. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's certain levels towards it. What would you say are, I guess, our main differences are? Growing up, obviously, being the <laughs> eldest child. So, Tom's the eldest, I'm the middle, and we have a younger brother too. Um, but as like obviously the eldest child, how did you feel like we were 
most different or like did you feel certain responsibilities or that kind of thing yeah this is a really good question <laughs> i feel like these are really good questions so if they're coming from your uh, community it's great oh no these are mine oh okay <laughs> <laughs> all right they're mine, they're mine. <laughs> um yeah i think what be obviously being the eldest i was the bossiest and i kind of wanted all the control i wanted people to do things the way that i wanted oh them God, to do it i'm literally the opposite i do not like people telling me what to do <laughs> exactly I'm which so is why we argued so, so much. much i remember me and shannon i would like we both love dancing and i would choreograph these dance routines and i would like boss her around be like you're not doing it right and <laughs> just get so frustrated at her because she wasn't doing the dance right <laughs> excuse me but no that's just a small part but growing up i was always i was very yeah type a super neat and tidy I would always like. I remember like rearranging my teddies like in the middle really? of the night. Which I would is, wake up and rearrange what? my teddy. Which is so funny now because I feel like I'm we like the tidy bit, one. Yeah. Right I mean, I'm still quite You're tidy. You're tidy, but I mean, like, I'm like, yeah. much more. She's like, like more OCD. Yeah. Um, but yeah, growing up, I was always tidy. Very. Or- I'm still very organised. Yeah, say. you are very organised. That's always been and, like, my timely. strength. Yeah. yeah. Well, I try to be timely, but I'm very organised, and um, that was always my strength. Whereas growing up, like Shannon was very messy and very. She would sleep in late, but this was only until uni, and then yeah. suddenly she had this like crazy switch, and she like would wake up early, she'd go to the gym, and she like became super tidy and clean. It's because it was my own space. And yeah, I, knew I had the response. Didn't care about the family home because <laughs> I knew it was my responsibility, and like no one was going to do it for me. So like. I just she became, finally took responsibility. Yeah, I, I think took that's responsibility. What it was. And like, yeah, even she, with, finally, Carmen's not going to clean my room. <laughs> I remember room? I would clean I your remember. room like I random was... days. I would just randomly clean it and be like, oh, she's not going to do it because I got annoyed that I almost was like the second mum. I was like, Shannon, clean your room. And she wouldn't. So I would just like do it for her. And I'd find like these weird things. <laughs> just like random, just like boxes and boxes under the bed of like makeup and random <laughs> stuff, like socks, like stuffed in there. I was just like, what is this? No, I was like, I wasn't dirty. I organized my things, but in my way. I was obsessed with makeup at the time. So I'd have like the biggest makeup collection, but I would organize it into like my boxes and like in drawers and stuff. I don't remember being that messy, actually. No, she was quite messy, <laughs> but only to a certain stage. And then, yeah. like I said, she totally flipped. And if anything, I became more, I wouldn't say messy, but a bit more all over the place because I think it was when I started traveling mm, and I did a yeah. lot of backpacking. And when you're traveling, it's like, I mean, they say you should be more minimalist, but I was just kind of like, oh, like I'll leave my suitcase out. Like, what's the point of making it neat and tidy when I'm going to have to fold it and then move tomorrow? Mm. You know, and it's just that constant, like, you know, you're not in the same place, you're always on the go. So, yeah, having like a tidy apartment or a tidy uh, home wasn't really priority for me. Um, but since COVID, I've definitely become more, uh, gone back into my OCD and like well, decluttering. Ish. <laughs> the only argument we've had in the two weeks was over messiness. No, because okay. Shannon was not on time. No, no. I, yeah, no. we were meant to get ready for something. And you I, were it was like the night before. Ages. Yeah, and you needed to get go get an early night because we had a yeah, early but you morning. Were act- I'm not even going to get into it. But she was basically acting as if I was already late when it was the night before and it hadn't happened. And then I got annoyed and then I told her to clean up and then... <laughs> She wouldn't. And then anyway. No, I did it after, to be fair. Yeah, only after our argument. Um, but I'd say the biggest difference between us is, yeah, I was always like the responsible bossy one and Shannon was a bit more rebellious. And she cut... And you can definitely see it in us now. Like, I still feel like, even in my, I guess, romantic relationship, I get annoyed when things don't go a certain way and it's not a good thing. But I can see 
I also feel a strong sense of responsibility to look after people and I'm very motherly and that's definitely you know the eldest child syndrome um whereas Shannon's like a bit more I guess free I, not I wouldn't say I said so I'd say we're both quite free-spirited in nature mm. but Shannon is a lot more risk-taking she doesn't really give a fuck she's kind of like on her own and yeah she doesn't really care like even when we go out and take pictures I mean I guess you are an influencer but when we go out to pictures I get really self-conscious I'm like people watching us I'm like the responsible one yeah. the sens- sensible one and it was weird because growing up I always like all my friends mums would be like Carmen's so sensible you should yeah. hang out with her more and That's I was known what says about me as well. I was known as the sensible one yeah you know and I don't know I guess you kind of when people keep calling you something you, you, you kind almost, of step into like a label yeah yeah in a way but um That's interesting. yeah I'd say those were kind of the main differences yeah I don't know if you agree I think we definitely have similarities in the in the ways of like feeling motherly and caring because I feel like I definitely have those I guess traits as well mm. with other people but I think yeah I've always been more I'll just do my own thing and like it doesn't mean I don't care I, I do care but it's just it's not enough to like not do what I want to do yeah if I care feel enough yeah like if, if I feel really strongly towards something um yeah. and I really want to do it then I'll still go for it like even when I was younger about the whole photos or when I was doing YouTube when I was what 14 and I was vlogging in town and everyone watching me and I just wouldn't really also I was I knew people were watching but I just didn't think it was like why should I care to be honest and just even like with moving here and that kind of thing I just I just think like life is just too short to not do what you want to do like if you really feel it's what you feel drawn towards it's just just do it you know it's like it's your life at the end of the day I say actually now that you mention it, I think we both are like that. And then mm. I think I'm very much like I will just I won't care what people will say and I'll just do it. Like same with, you know, um, traveling and and everyone was telling me not to do it, and I just decided to take the leap and do it. Um, or you know, people would tell me to you know moving to Singapore, like just so many yeah. things. I'm not saying they're like massively risk taking, but no, but it's like I mean, personality wise, I don't know if you know your enneagram, your enneagram number. Oh, like. Um, like I'm a four wing three uh, which is like the individualist or or something and we like to be different from everyone else yeah I feel that um, and I I do feel like yeah we like to well for me personally I'm definitely someone I don't like to do what everyone else is doing Mm. Um, like whenever there's a mainstream thing that comes out I'm like I want to do something different but I think one of the biggest differences between us is Shannon's always been like more of the girly girl and she was very into like fashion and music and I love fashion too but I was a bit more of a tomboy like for Christmas I would get all the Pokemon stuff (laughs) like I got Pokemon bed sheets Pokemon coloring sets like everything and Shannon would get like makeup and Barbies and like dress up things mummy used to always dress me up she would get like the girly girls yeah and I guess yeah in a way that's kind of reflective to who we are today as well I I, I actually did notice that because as as like when as children we were very different in our hobbies like yeah you were more of the tomboy and then I was more of like the girly girl but then as you grew up you kind of we became more similar Mm. even in our style and you became more feminine yeah yeah, yeah. like you know like more feminine style yeah and we kind of I guess took inspiration from each other in those kind of ways but what I did think, you say your hobby was growing? I think she did ballet, but I always dancing, did like hip hop. Like dancing. I loved it. But what like, what dance? You did ballet for. I a while, did ballet, didn't but not even that long. I did ballet, but I did jazz, tap, and modern. Yeah, and like girl, girl style. Kind of I like think pop, yeah, Mum put me in modern dancing. jazz. I never did tap or ballet because I was like, this is not for me. I already knew at a young age. I was like, mm. I don't want to do ballet. Like it just wasn't no, I didn't for like me. Ballet. Well, I think I did for a little bit, but not for long. Right. I don't remember doing. But that. you tried it, I yeah. guess. But even like modern and tap, I did no modern and jazz. I didn't enjoy it. I just wanted to do hip hop, 
And I remember mm. like we did like a trial hip hop class in, in modern and I really got into it. And then the teacher was like, hey, everyone watch Carmen. I was like, hey, th- maybe this is my thing. And mm. I ended up doing a lot of hip hop and street dance during uni. And yeah, that was like my thing. But now you're into it as well. So it's kind of like we have definitely, you know, diverged yeah. closer together. But I definitely preferred more, I wouldn't say jazz tap or modern really but more of like the girly hip hop you know what I mean like the girly the like girly yeah like always wanted to be Piscat Dolls and yeah, we just had yeah. those dancing movies and like you know Honey Lando. yeah Honey our favourite oh, movie do um, you how would you describe our dress sense now for both of us yeah now yeah if you had to use one word I would say yours is um like chic like minimalist chic I would say okay what would you describe mine yeah um, I think you're definitely like a bit more sassier. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, but you're definitely in a lot more in trend than I am, and a bit more adventurous. Mm. Um, I guess spicy. <laughs> spicy. But spicy. I remember always yeah. as a child, Fun. As, you're, you take more risks yeah. with your fashion. But sure. like growing up, I remember when we we would go shopping with like mummy and stuff, and I would pick out stuff, and I'd come home and like with all these things. You're like, oh, what is this? And then like the next month, you'd be wearing it. Like always happens. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, she takes a lot more risks. Like even now, coming to Sydney, I'm like raiding her wardrobe. <laughs> Literally. And I, it's like something I'm like I always play it safe. Like I would never look at the clothes in Shannon's closet if I was shopping. I would never look at them. But when I try it on, I'm like, this is so nice. Yeah. And I'd only try it on because it's yeah, there. it's just there. Yeah. But you have a good eye for. You're just a bit more adventurous. Mm. I say adventurous is a good word. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I like doesn't it. quite describe your. I don't know. I think you wear a lot of fun colors. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like I used to not wear that many colors. But I think since. Just experimented a bit more. Mm. Just, I guess obviously colours now is more trending anyways. But, yeah. You know. But I think personality wise, I think you're, what you were saying, like, I think more type A than me in terms of you're very like in, all, in order. Like very like, no, I was asking She's Harriet. She's a creative mess. <laughs> no, I'm not. I was asking Harriet. Harriet was saying like, oh, you are very similar. Personality wise, she was like, Carmen seems more like sensible and you know, like more mature. Like, obviously, you're older than me. Yeah. She was like, and you're more like fun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, Carmen's still obviously, you're still fun, but I guess she meant like, I'm more like. Yeah, I have a wild side. You too. do. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, as in like, Watch I love. Out. <laughs> Not like that, but I definitely do have a crazy rebellious wild yeah. side. But I thought like also... you suppressed it. I felt like you yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like all or nothing. Like for yeah. me, it's either crazy wild side or yeah, yeah. like super sensible. I find it yeah. hard to live a healthy balance. Yeah. Okay, so we actually need to wrap this up because we're almost, we're basically late for our dinner reservation. So we're going to just answer. Exactly, Shannon not timing things right. Excuse Clearly getting time wrong. They can wait. Okay, so a few questions from my followers on Instagram that we're just going to end off this episode with. Number one, how do you grow and not restrict yourself to what you've always known slash told to do and be? That's a really good question. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I'm always, I'm very conscious of the information that I um, absorb, Mm. like information I read, what I'm exposed to, the people I spend time with, people I'm surrounding myself with. Yeah, just your environment, environment really. Um, and I'm always, I'm a huge personal development um, junkie, I guess. I love mm. reading self-development books. Um, Quick yeah. one. The one actually that got me re- into self-development was a book you gave me called Who Says You Can't You Do. I loved that Did book. Did I that, give you that book? Yeah, yeah. That was like one of the first books I actually oh. read. And that's what sparked I've actually my... not even read it myself. Have you not? No, I no. I it was highlighted. 
I would not have sent you a highlighted book. No, 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 you gave it to me. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah, like you gave it to me, like you read it and you gave it to me. I don't remember. I can't remember who it. wrote it, Maybe but it like me. you gave me that and I was like, I remember that being such. Oh, it might have been Belinda. Maybe, yeah. but it was like such a. It really changed my. Yeah, it really yeah. changed my mindset at the time. But um. What's your favorite book? You think that's the one book that has changed your life? I think at the time, yeah, that was. Um, but now I think because I've like, obviously done more work, it's like mm-hmm. it would seem a bit obvious. Yeah, to me it's now. like yeah, you've grown. Yeah, I think yeah, you had yeah. need different books at different. Yeah stages of your life yeah but, but yeah. i remember the other book you sent me the a new earth by last, actually this yeah, time last year that was amazing birthday. that was amazing um and now yeah. like i'm reading joe dispenders as well I'm like you just have different books for different like times you should um life. add a add it to the show notes yeah, yeah, yeah i would also recommend um the last arrow by erin mcmanus that mm. was like really life-changing mm. i ended up meeting him yeah and that was like i don't know a story for another time but that's yeah. why i was like wow this is really fake yeah, yeah, that's yeah. crazy um, um, no, I listened to a podcast with him with Lewis Howes and it was really good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think just doing your own research. Yeah. And surrounding just, yourself with people who yeah. you feel like are good influence towards you. Yeah. What sparked both of your personal development journeys? Being cheated on. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I just said earlier on. Yeah, like, but was that I, like the... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, when I found out I got cheated on, then I went, I like found God and then I went, also went on this huge... It's, like, very interconnected, I think, spirituality and personal development, you know. It's, like, doing the work. I think it's very interconnected. But then also when I I was working on another startup story that was hugely connected because I had my own podcast and I was interviewing founders and often the common thread amongst, you know, characteristics of founders were were that they had huge personal development because in order to be a founder, you have to be somewhat unconventional, right? You have to level up um, Mm -hmm. mentally. Uh, physically and emotionally and you know so many areas so that's when I naturally got really into personal development and never looked back I don't think there was ever a moment where I was like I'm going to start my personal development journey it was kind of like a slow process Mm. when I yeah started reading the book The Secret the book that you gave me I think when we started going to church together that definitely helped and changed my mindset yeah. and made me question who I wanted to hang out with and well, then I like, didn't realize it had such a big impact on you it did like I really because I remember going in like, Hillsong I really enjoyed like the pastor speaking I remember yeah. the singing part I was like oh it's a bit awkward because <laughs> I like oh I love I remember, no I did I like it now but like at the time obviously I've never been to yeah when you're like new that. and like, I was like worship there, like, can be quite intimidating quite but then like I really enjoyed the speaking yeah the pastor speaking because I felt like it was almost like a self-development speech it, it, like, it, talk, it, it is, it is, in a way, yeah. And and then, like, just through, like, people that I was surrounding myself with that helped me delve deeper into that. And then it just kind of... My, like, holistic health coaching course, that obviously really helped. So it was just, like, a number of different mm, things, mm, really. Mm. Yeah, um, spirituality is, like, the common thread. What about, like, boundaries when it comes to personal growth and family? And, like, protecting your peace in a judgmental family environment? Ooh... I guess it's a bit easier for us, for family, because we don't live together. Yeah. I think if we all lived under the same roof, we'd be triggering each other left, right, and centre. absolutely. (laughs) Like, I think it's, yeah, much easier because we don't live together, so we can set those boundaries. But even with my mum, you know, like, obviously she misses us, and sometimes I'll call her after a long, a stressful day at work, and I'll call her to get, like, some sort of comfort and just catch up with her and... You know, I don't know why, but sometimes she talks about, she's like, if only you moved back to London, if you'd stayed mm. in London, you'd be able to buy a home by now and mm. say all these things. And like, that's not what I want to hear when I'm stressed. Mm. And and I think for her, she has her own, obviously, wants and needs and desires for us to move back. And she, I feel like she, not intentionally, but it does end up guilt tripping me 
because I live so far away and then Shannon as well mm. and so it does trigger me in a way but then you know by setting boundaries I will kind of just say look let's not talk about this and maybe hang up whereas before I would kind of get angry <laughs> and like, uh, like yeah. shout and, yeah, you know, yeah, whereas yeah, I'm yeah. like okay I'm not I just I, want to calm down yeah. I just I think it's best if we just yeah. don't speak right absolutely. now absolutely um I feel like yeah yeah I feel like since moving countries I've actually felt like I've gotten closer to like dad and well actually more so dad and like so obviously mum like we've always been like really close to but I think because before like the family dynamics like living at home it's very like living in the same space but Mm. you don't really actually spend quality time with each other you know everyone's always Mm. doing their own thing but I think since moving away like me and daddy would have like phone calls and like he's actually a really good listener and sometimes mommy would like say <laughs> she would like listen but then she would like say her own opinion but like, I feel like daddy just like listens mm. and like kind of takes it on whereas like mommy's you know she's very caring like she always like wants to check if we're okay but so they're obviously good for like different reasons yeah, yeah. and like yeah with the whole boundary setting I think it is just basically just saying like look I understand, I hear you, and I understand, but this is where I'm at at the moment, and I need to do this for mm-hmm. me. Obviously, there's a whole thing of, like, being away from your family. Like, it is hard, and one of the questions mm-hmm. is, yeah, how to handle being away from family. Obviously, it is hard, our parents are getting older, whatever, but at the same time, it's like, you need to live your life for you as well, mm-hmm. as, you know, taking in consideration, still seeing family when you can, and, like, when mm-hmm. is the right time, I think. It's just being, like, communicative about it, and I know that for myself, I want to be more communicative rather than avoiding certain things because I just think it's just like annoying or like do you know what I mean and just kind of going at it in a different way because at the end of the day with our parents because obviously it's harder to change your mindset when you're older especially if they're not looking to do that you have to just meet them where they are at rather than like trying to change them because it's never going to happen like think how hard it is to change yourself let alone change someone else who doesn't even want to change you know so it's more so doing it in a more gentle like compassionate way, way yeah like putting your shoes in in their shoes and understanding okay not everything has to be your way and they may not see your perspective because they haven't done the work yeah. if it were that easy then everyone would be able yeah, to yeah. switch like exactly. tomorrow you know and so yeah just trying to apply more more compassion to them but also trying to be like have like a good influence i think just doing it in a very subtle gentle way more suggestions Remember when I went vegan and I was trying to make everyone vegan? Oh my god, we would be in Italy and she'd be like, I'm vegano. Uh, (laughs) And even like in Italy where there's like, you know, the cold cuts, the dairy, like the pizza, the pasta, and the the waitress waitress and waitress were just like, who are you? Actually, there were some good vegan options, but I mean like at home and mummy... She literally just had pizza with tomato. Oh my god, I don't even remember now. I remember a really good Nutella croissant, but anyways. And like, yeah. Croissant. Croissant. (laughs) But like, yeah, trying to like obviously make the family vegan wasn't going to happen. But like, because I was like so full. I just remember that Christmas and she made that like really sad (laughs) vegan meatloaf. No, it was nice. What was it? Like nut nut roast. A nut roast. (laughs) And we all had our like roast potatoes and chicken. I just felt so sorry for her. No, I liked it. Okay, Thank fair you. enough. But it was very good. Like, <laughs> I love me a good roast. So I'm like all over <laughs> the roast potatoes, no, the chicken, yeah, that was for the turkey, even. Yeah. yeah, but like just things like that. I think it's just being understanding and like meeting, yeah, where everyone is at, rather than like forcing them to like, change in a certain way. Because it's just you can't. It's just gonna, if anything, it's gonna make them run the other way. Because yeah. it's like no one likes to be told what to do. So, <laughs> okay. But we're gonna end this episode with a challenge of the week. Um, because I always ask my guests a challenge of the week. So do you have one? 
So do you have one that you'd like to give our listeners? One that you feel like resonates with you as well? Maybe we can all do. Uh, I think maybe journaling. But journaling where you think you lack. As in, like, what do you think you're not worthy of? I think that's something that I want to do for myself as well. Just, like, you know, journaling and thinking about what do you think you deserve, but subconsciously um, you you don't give yourself that. Like, say, you think you deserve that pint of fresh raspberries, even though it's, like, six, seven dollars, mm. and you think it's too expensive. Mm. And, like, you know, you're worthy of that, those organic raspberries. And thinking about, that's just an example, but thinking about what it is you think you're not worthy of, it could be anything, you know. Uh, relationships, health, career, whatever, and, and writing it down. Because I think the moment you bring that to light, you become more conscious and yeah. you find, try and find ways to, yeah, understand why you're not worthy of that and then reverse that and basically mm. recondition your mind. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that. It's like when you are conscious of these things, you begin mm. to think about it more in the moment as well and like catch yourself at those times. Because I feel like self-development, there's never, like, an end. Yeah. It's just know. more awareness. Yeah. And, like, Anthony DeMello wrote a book on awareness, and it literally talks about the importance of awareness of everything and how when you slow down and pay more attention to these things, you'll just see so much more. Um, yeah. Another book you should yeah, add yeah. to the show notes. No, I agree. But thank you for being on the podcast. You're um, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with my sister Carmen and yeah I found it helpful if any of you are kind of you know going through like some situations with your family and you're not sure on how to kind of I guess set the boundaries with your own self-development journey um and kind of like old conditioned ways of thinking so yeah thank you for listening as always and don't forget to rate the podcast on Spotify leave a review on Apple and I'll speak to you guys very soon bye Bye. Is that your bye? (laughs) Do you want to say any last words? No last words. Oh, I know. Bye.